we could talk about Dropbox's $100,000 panda. Okay. Yeah, and shooting gorillas. We just have a bear-themed episode. Neither of those are bears. <laughs> no, 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 no. Pandas actually are bears. <laughs> no, they're not. Yeah, they are. I proved it. You are it. recording, right? <laughs> I have a screenshot that I showed you. Pandas are not bears. No, they are bears. They decided they are more closely related to bears than they are raccoons. Nope. The raccoon thing was bullshit. I got too much echo. A little too much echo. <laughs> not bears. Hey, Siri. <laughs> are pandas bears? Looking. Here's what I found on the web for our pandas bears. Have a look. Well, I could have fucking done that without you. <laughs> Idiot. Do we know who the voice of Siri is? Uh-huh. Oh, they do? Well, I know, okay, I know a poet who knows the voice of Siri in the commercials. I'm sorry, I stopped listening when you said poet. Yeah. <laughs> Are we started? Shoot. God, it's, it's a train wreck again. Already. Let's, it's always that. Why don't we pretend that we're like a professional podcast? It's It's like a fucking Gruber podcast right now. <laughs> have we played the the dean theme yet yeah okay so the dean theme is played and we're just oh, nice. we're just you know how much we paid for that no i don't we, we paid like five grand for that oh that that's a steal yeah well, I, I mean it so came too. from our development budget which is quite ample but like for a a, a dean original only only five thousand yeah mr clean original mr clean mm. Wait, if he hears that, he's going to invoice me 5000 Oh, shit. <laughs> I got an interesting talk with him today about um, Pennsylvanian liquor store unicorns because everything's, like, regulated by the state. So then there's this, like, API that someone can access to tell you what alcohol you can only buy in one particular liquor store in Pennsylvania. All right. Let's introduce this show correctly <laughs> before, we, before we go on with that. Okay. Hi. You're listening to Let's Make Mistakes. This is Mike Montero, your co-host. This is Steph Monette, your other co-host. And we have a guest with us today. We have Larissa Berger. Hi. Hi, Larissa. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Hey, we're about to find out about Pennsylvania liquor unicorns. Oh. Yeah. I know that that's a topic that interests you. Yes. Yeah. So, Steph. <laughs> I'd like to know where I can buy liquor. Steph, what's a Pennsylvania Liquor unicorn. Okay, so what I didn't know, being a native Californian, is that other states you have to go to a state-regulated liquor store that sells your wine and hard liquor and maybe sometimes beer. So there's an API that the the state puts out of all the different alcohols that you can get at different liquor stores in Pennsylvania. So somebody went through and queried it against which ones are only, like, what, like, this one brand of whiskey you can only buy at one particular liquor store, and it's not available at any other liquor store in the state. So there's just this huge map of, like, one-offs you can get just in one place. So there's a liquor API? Yeah, there's absolutely Pennsylvania. a Pennsylvania I, liquor API. I grew up in Pennsylvania. I heard. And Seven, our audio engineer here, Hi, spent seven. a good amount of time in Pennsylvania. <laughs> what, hey, Seven, how old were you when you moved to Philly? 17, I believe. He was 17. Why don't you, why don't you move up to the mic? It isn't on. Oh. <laughs> so in, in Philly, you can't buy liquor anywhere. It's a pain in the ass. You have to go to bars to get beer or a beer distributor 
What's a beer distributor? A beer distributor is a giant warehouse where you can buy beer. It's like a lumber yard except for alcohol? Kind of. Yeah, that's Whoa. exactly what it is. The ganal of booze? Yeah. So you, so you show up there and you so you got to make a second stop. Like whenever you go food shopping, you got to make a second stop. Mm. Three stops if you want beer and liquor. So beer is sold separately of liquor? Yeah. Uh-huh. Beer is sold at a beer distributor. And it's it's generally sold by the case. Is that right, Seven? That is usually how we bought it. Yeah. <laughs> now, he, God, he hates it when I call on him. <laughs> now, if you want to buy a six-pack of beer, you can go to a bar, and a bar can sell you a six-pack of beer. Okay, that's weird. Yeah. Is it going to be very expensive? Because it's from a bar. Is it? They mark that up. I can't remember. I don't think so. I don't think they mark it up because that's the normal place that you go. Mm, Okay. Yeah, they expect that. They expect to have outside sales. If you want to get liquor, you have to go to a state store. And they look a lot nicer now. But when when I was growing up and and you went to a state store, they looked like something out of the Soviet Union. Mm. And there was just a giant sign outside that said state store, which is as appealing as it sounds. (laughs) And you walk in and everything it w- was like dirty white. I mean, it, it looked like like a, a, a payroll check cashing place. Oh, and yikes. there was bulletproof glass between you <laughs> and and your alcohol. And you had to tell, or at least the one that I went to with my dad, um, you had to tell the person behind the glass what you wanted. And then they would go get it. Now, when we were, when we were like, 19 with our fake IDs, we didn't know what we wanted because we didn't know what our what our different boozes were. So you would walk in and like you'd have to like very quickly make eye contact with something behind the glass <laughs> and and you know then try to sound very adult and mm. like I'd like the uh raspberry schnapps. So adult. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> they look nicer now. They they actually look I mean they made them look like Whole Foods or something. Oh nice. So what's the rationale of doing the state-controlled liquor stores? I, I don't. It's probably some stupid religious thing. It's Puritans. Oh, yeah. Puritans. Yeah. Yeah, New I England. Mean, blame, blame the Quakers. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Quakers. in Boston, you can't buy alcohol after 11. After 11? Yeah. Seriously? Mm-hmm. Oh, God, I hate in, Boston. In certain areas. Yeah. We don't have any fans in Boston, do we? Oh, probably not. So racist. They're going to punch <laughs> us, though, if they, they hear. I don't care. They're, They're going to punch us anyways. Yeah. And it, it so when I lived in Texas, you could buy beer and alcohol in the supermarket except on Sundays. Oh, oh yeah, same in all New Jersey. Sunday? Yeah, all day Sunday they would they would rope off that line, yep. that that aisle in the supermarket. You can't go in there because Arizona, you can't buy alcohol before noon on Sundays because that's when you're at church. Right. Yeah. So you have to drive to Nevada or California to get just your alcohol. Because you, when you need it is before church. Mm-hmm. So then you have it during church. Right. Yeah. Maybe it incentivizes you to go to mass to get that free wine. Hmm. I've had that wine. That wine is terrible. Yeah. Not good. Anyway, so now they they haven't. It's so. Oh, have you ever, you ever tried shipping liquor across state lines? Yep. A fucking mess. Oh, um, you just say they're glass dolls. <laughs> when they ask what's in the box, you say, "Oh, porcelain dolls." Really? Yeah. You've done this. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> hey, Larissa. <laughs> Mike. Larissa, what do you do? 
I work at Mule Design. I recently joined as a design strategist. I'm still figuring out what that means. <laughs> well, we're happy to have you here. Mm. And so you were at MIT, right? Mm -hmm. So you know Boston. I know Boston. You know how racist it is. Yes. Yes. I, I was in Boston for a while, for about almost eight years, and recently moved to the West Coast, to San Francisco, in December. And then you came and worked for us. That's right. And Steph, you don't work for us anymore. No, I don't. This is a mess. <laughs> <laughs> what brought you out to San Francisco? Originally, I came out here to work for a startup. Okay. That my old user interface design TA had started. Nice. Yeah. They're, you know, still starting up. Ah. Yeah, as ah. it were. And then I did a workshop at Mule Design on how to present design work and got to meet some nice. other designers. And I've never worked with other designers in as a peer. I've always worked as an engineer with other designers. So it was a new reference point, which was exciting. Nice. Very cool. She, she pretty much took over that workshop. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> she was just answering all the questions. She was giving everybody feedback. And, you know, nice. I, and I thought, I got, I'm going to see what this one's all about. <laughs> she won at the workshop. She won the workshop. She won a job at the workshop. So yeah, someone wanted I to take of... one of these workshops. Are there any coming up in the future? Or are these oh. are... God, put me on the fucking spot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> There's a presenting design workshop coming up in uh de in December. <laughs> <laughs> when is it? Today. Back to life. What's today? Oh, we're at the end of May here. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. June first. There's one in June. Yeah. Well, actually. And then there's well, actually. Mm-hmm. That's that's the one that Eric is running. Mm -hmm. That's a workshop for women. So not my right. I'm not going to be in that one. And I think the full title of that one is is well actually a woman's guide to dealing with sexist bullshit in the workplace. Mm. Ooh, nice. Yeah, I yeah. wish I had taken that one in 2012. Well, you can take it now, <laughs> and because you work here, you can take it for free. Even Ooh. better. But because you work here, you don't need it because <laughs> we're awesome. Yeah, that's true. Mule is awesome. So we uh, we announced that one online, and it was pretty great because all these men started complaining about it. <laughs> that sounds about right of the internet. Yeah, wasn't it yeah. great? <laughs> the internet um, was just itself. <laughs> right. So they were they they one they complained that they couldn't come to it, mm. and two they complained that we were charging money for it. The men were com what? Yeah, men men were complaining that we were charging money for this and we should do this as a public service. Hmm. Huh. That'd be an interesting thing in the future. Yeah. And and then uh uh well, you know, we're fixing their fucking mistakes. <laughs> yeah. So they should be paying us. And then somebody suggested that we should what what we should actually have is a workshop for men on how not to be assholes. And and you know, like they're going to come to that. Maybe it should just be a workshop that the men pay for and the women attend. Well, I, I got to figure out how to set up scholarships for this thing. Mm. Yeah. 
Maybe you could be like, hey, we're going to have sports and beer and then lure the men in. Oh, like the old, like the you want a fishing boat and then you show up at, at come and get it at the police station. Absolutely. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Man. And the Warriors are going to the finals. You could totally lure some, some bros in here. <laughs> My dad got snagged by that oh, once shit. in Philly. <laughs> Dumbass. <laughs> Hey, Danny called from the police station. <laughs> I don't remember signing up for a boat. <laughs> you bring the checkbook. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, so maybe that's a way to get get bros to to come to the anti sexism workshop. I don't really want a bunch of bros in here. No, but they should fund it. That's yeah, I mean point. they'll pay you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy to take their money, but I don't want to spend time with them. Mm-hmm. Like I actually, there, there the trials was, and tribulations of startup culture. We there was one guy who came to my workshop once who had his baseball cap on backwards. Mm-hmm. And oh, I, I he's from Boston. Probably, I told him he had to. He had to uh, turn it around. Not even just take Real it fast. off. It's like turn it around. Turn it around. Oh, okay. <laughs> he had to turn the baseball cap around. Not. He had to turn around and leave. No, he had to turn the baseball cap okay. around. Seems fair. Yeah. Got to wear it correctly. Yeah. <laughs> was it a good team at least? Or... I don't I don't even remember. It was probably the Red Sox. Mm, sounds like so, it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, didn't somebody buy a, a panda? Dropbox bought a shiny panda. Where are they going to keep the panda? Uh, In I the think... cloud. Yeah. <laughs> They're keeping it in their um, up for that. in their lobby with a post-it that says this cost a hundred thousand dollars. Oops. Wait, they bought a panda. Like a, a, they commissioned a shiny chrome sculpture of a panda. Oh, it's it's not a real panda. No, no, that'd be just cruel. They bought a chrome sculpture of a panda. Yeah. And uh, it cost how much? A hundred grand. I I don't Seven, what what do uh, chrome pandas or chrome statues go for? Is that reasonable? I don't know. How big is it? Full size? Uh, I haven't seen it myself. Probably the size of a, pa- a panda. I don't know how big larger. a panda is. I've never touched a panda. Yeah, smaller than a gorilla. Would you touch know. a panda? Yeah. yeah. Larissa? Yeah, I would definitely pet a panda. It'd be so worth losing they're a so hand over. S- they're so slow moving. No, they're not, they're not going to do they're anything. They're not sloths. Seven, you ever touch a panda? No. Would you? Yes, I would. Wow. Are they sticky Everyone. like koalas? No, I don't think koalas so. Koalas are really sticky. I think, Mike, you're still the only one who's been to Australia. Why were you touching koalas? Isn't that super illegal to touch them? No, you can touch no, it's koalas like all you want. I can touch kangaroos. I wouldn't koalas. do it. They're sticky. I think, you, I think you go there to touch the koalas. They're covered in like eucalyptus slime. Mm. Oh, by the way, that reminds me. Did we tell people why Liam's not here? No, I don't think. Oh, wow. He is. He's missing. Yeah. We should tell like Liam is Liam's in in Oslo, Norway. Yeah. He got a Norwegian haircut. He's he's at a conference speaking. Yep. He's uh, what is it called? Uh, Mad Science with CSS. Something like that. I don't know. I pretended to sit through it. Oh, (laughs) it was really good. I'm very jealous of all the Norwegians. Yet again. Why? Because they have a lot of money? Yeah. They have a ton of money. They seem happy. They just all seem well, so happy. They have a ton they also of really money. like women there. Huh? They also really like women there. 
Norwegians? Yeah. Norwegian men have no idea how to deal with women. (laughs) But their government does. Is that any different than the Bay Area, though? Oh, it's worse. It's worse. (laughs) We talked about this on the show once when we had a Norwegian on. Yeah. Mm, I listened to that one. That's the one I heard. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. She was neat. Yeah, she has lots of of terrible stories. (laughs) But we, what's what's the collective noun for a group of Norwegians? Hmm. Uh, a, a Norse. A Norse. Yeah, I don't know. When we had that big Norse come through, they all just seemed so happy and nice and friendly. I, I loved them all. Is no, they're t- just tall and blonde. Hmm. They're oh. just you just read that as friendly and happy. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Very nice. I like them. So they bought a panda. Yeah, Dropbox, not Norway. Dropbox yes. bought a chrome panda. That's right. And they're putting it in the hallway. Well, so the thing, yes, they did that. But then they put a sign next to it that says it's a symbol of their mistakes for not being financially responsible. Like, we regret that we spent this much money. Also, we're cutting the shuttles and dinner service and, like, when they did all their budget cuts. Can't they for, return it? I, I don't think. I think they commissioned it. Like, I think that's a, that is a bot panda. You can sell it. Yeah. Do you want to buy it? Can we buy, like, a chrome no. dropbox panda i don't know really. i don't want a secondhand panda statue that's true <laughs> would you pet a panda statue no i don't like touching art oh my god did you hear about the teenagers who put the pair of glasses down in the moma yeah that was pretty good was so good wait what i want to be friends with them tell tell the story, yeah, tell the story. Hey, man it's like me just going through the sf gate telling you guys about things um so the fuck are you reading sf gate it's i don't know god it's, it's, it's the worst website real in the life world. conversational ui i like it <laughs> Um, so there was a group of teenagers who went to go to the new San Francisco MoMA, which just recently reopened after its remodel. Um, and one of them set like a pair of glasses down and then people started circling it, thinking it was a piece of art and like carefully trying not to step on these glasses that were up against the wall. Oh, that's pretty good. So good. Should hire those teens too. Keepers. (laughs) I haven't been to that museum yet since it reopened. Yeah, me neither. Have you? I went over the weekend. Oh, how was it? I did not go through the whole thing because there were too many people, but I have oh. a membership now, so I can go whenever I want. Yeah. Well, it's an art museum, so the people are going to clear out soon. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It was not perhaps the best time to visit, but I missed the Oscar de la Renta show, so we went to the SF MoMA to feel better about ourselves. Oh, no. It ended? Yeah, the Oscar de la Renta show ended yesterday, and it was booked for the whole day, even though people don't show up for their tickets. I don't know. Yeah. Museums are corrupt. It was very frustrating. So then we went to the SF MoMA, but then That's by that time, we were kind of tired. Yeah. Where was the Oscar de la Renta? De Young. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, the one in the park. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I went to the Panama Exposition one there where they had all the art from the world's fair that was really neat mm. the legion of honor uh no uh de young did their last exhibit before oh they us. did yeah um oh but the d or the legion of honor is awesome is it yeah they have this organ that they play and all the pipes go through all the walls so you're walking through this art gallery and there's just like this booming amazing dramatic music it's uh-huh. so cool oh that sounds cool i don't think i've ever been there it's worth it yeah i went for the first time recently it's a really exciting episode for oh people who like art museums. Yeah. <laughs> that small group out there is like, yee. Writing, <laughs> writing all these names down. <laughs> Everyone else has, has moved on to Radiolab. <laughs> they have like a whole floor of Richter's in the new uh, SF MoMA. Oh, a hall. What? 
they have like a whole floor of Richters in the SF MoMA, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Gerhard Richter. A lot of the earlier, his earlier work, which I had never seen, like the linen photographs. Oh, oh those are good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like those. We should uh, we should take a trip to the SF MoMA. I feel like Richter yeah. is the Bill Evans painting is the, the thing that I came up with. Go I, on. I spent all weekend coming up with that one. Yeah. Because it's all the layers. It's the layers on top of the layers. This is a totally different show when Liam's not here. Yeah. So, so Richter is the Bill Evans of painting. Mm-hmm, I think so. Because Bill Evans recorded a series of records called Conversations with Myself. And when he was producing these, everyone was really worried. Or his producer was worried because this was back in the day before you had a million channels for free. So he would record you know, through a standard and then record on top of it and then record on top of that. And each time, if he messed up, there was no getting back to the last state. So he would record up to four to six layers of music. Oh, wow. Yeah. I was like using Photoshop before they had layers. Yeah, exactly. And his producer would be like, stop, stop, stop. It's beautiful. You're done. And he's like, no, I I left space. I know where I'm going to fill it in. This is how it works. So you have a music background, right? Mm-hmm. What to tell us about that? What would you like to know? Well, how did how did you um what well, one do you know Quest Love? No. Okay. Um, I almost two. met Will I Am though. He likes to hang out with That's the, so not the same. With the <laughs> That's AI so not the same. Guy. One one would have been great. <laughs> two would have been disappointing. Touche. Okay. Yeah. So how did you go from music to design strategy? There you like, go. Oh, that's a good question. That's a good bridge. <laughs> Ooh. I guess it was more that I went from music to writing in college. Okay. And this was mostly to avoid bureaucracy. So writing what? Uh, so I wrote, uh, ended up majoring in computer science and creative writing. Okay, cool. During my undergrad. Yeah, because I was originally thinking I would do physics and music composition. Yeah. But I immediately failed my first physics class uh, my freshman year. And then uh, I was doing a lot of different music things in college, but the music requirements were pretty uh, intensive and I was struggling to finish my engineering degree. Yeah. So I switched to writing because I was taking a bunch of writing classes already and the writing requirements were really simple. It was like seven classes in a thesis and I got to work one-on-one with a poet and it it was less kind of academically driven. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas the music department was very academic. What instrument did you play? So I grew up playing um, piano and violin. Okay, nice. And I used to have a string quartet in high school and then I did music composition starting in high school. Um, and I studied at Interlochen for a summer, and that was where it was suggested to me to go to MIT um, and study with uh, Evan Zaporin, who's a music professor there who I got to work with. And he has a Balinese gamelan that I played in for a while. And also there were some great jazz musicians that were visiting at the time that I was there. So I also got to work with Don Byron. Uh, yeah, and so there were all these kind awesome. of like different jazz music, composition theories floating around. There were a lot like, I guess, the leap you could make is how we approach design system thinking at Mule. Yeah. These were kind of a lot of theories about kind of ways to make music, systems to 
engage in a musical discipline. And how have you found yourself like relating these skills back to the design as, or even to, to computer science? Hmm. Well, in my undergrad, I guess they connected because I produced a set of poems for my undergrad thesis. Um, and I was mentored under a great poet. And I produced these as a set of cards so that they would be nonlinear. Um, and then now I'm reconceptualizing those as an app. Oh, cool. So that's one way that I've connected those branches. Yeah. And then um, I guess with respect to music, I mean, I think something that's really helpful in design is just the experience of making anything. Yeah. Um, and so music teaches a pretty good discipline. So you spend a long time in your corner not talking to people in order to get really good at something which seems a lot like design. And then you slowly learn how to talk to people. That's awesome. And now Larissa is going to play something for us. Oh, except not. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you have any music online? Currently, I don't have music online. I have some recordings that are online, but they're 10 years old. They're a, a quartet I did a while ago. I haven't had anything recorded for quite a while. Um, actually, our Gamelon has a CD on Spotify that I'm on cool mm -hmm. but I haven't I've been mostly focused on user interface design so my first job out of college was with a audio company and I did user interface design for them so that was also a way I was trying to connect these worlds but it's nice to learn the process of design and professionalism of design in a shop and get to work on lots of different client projects for sure before narrowing the domain yeah I like working on client work. It's just like so cool to see, like get the insight into so many different businesses and understand how, how they work, but like not be all the way in, you know, mm -hmm. you fly on the wall in it. Yeah, totally. And when you have fluency in one subject matter, it's easy to kind of jump into another and chunk the information that they have. Absolutely. And the systems thinking that comes with that. I'd say music composition and programming actually have a lot in common. Yeah. Cause they're all, I mean, what I've always found is like, music is really, really math heavy and people never really respect that or understand that. And Totally. And music composition is a lot about representation. So when you're doing notation, it's a lot like picking data types as you would if you're programming something. Yeah. So I've never made that connection before, but I like that. Yeah, it's interesting. There, there are some very esoteric frameworks out there and I've had remarkable success teaching them to my music friends and I think it's because it uses a lot of the same part of the brain oh nice yeah how's it going Mike it's going great um that was wonderful in other animal news <laughs> oh no we were talking about animals earlier yeah, yeah. but I mean this is never great if there's animal I know. news it's not good they well, never say good things about animals well they shot a gorilla yeah see Aww. see we were right let's talk about the gorilla what side are you on oh I don't know that there's a side Wait, why did Let's they tell shoot the, story. the gorilla? So, Steph, tell the story. Okay, so it was, oh, my God, I'm going to forget the city. I said Cincinnati. It, it was, okay, I think I said Cleveland the other day, and someone was like, oh, hell no. It was the other city. Um, oh, uh, this could have happened anywhere. It, yeah, really. Um, so there was a three- or four-year-old boy who climbed underneath a fence. Did he? Did he climb underneath the fence? He went underneath the fence. He went across a little bit of grass, and then he fell into a gorilla cage, like oh, 10, 15 no. feet down into the pond of the gorilla cage. His his mom was watching like four kids. He was like one of four kids. 
Okay. That I'm... his mom was watching, including yeah. a, a baby that she was carrying. I don't know if they were all her kids, but she was like responsible for about four kids. Yeah. That's not to, to rationalize. I'm just adding a little detail here. It's an important detail. Um, so so the, he, the kid got in the gorilla enclosure. Yeah. So they get most of the gorillas back into the like houses area and away from the, the pond and stuff, except for this male gorilla that goes and like approaches the boy. 17 year old. The 17 year old. What's his name? Harumbe. I forget. Here. Keep yeah, talking. It up, and I'll okay, find it. it Meal reads the news. Yeah, just keep talking. <laughs> um, so, hey Siri, <laughs> how old is the dead gorilla? Hey Siri, how old was the gorilla in the Cincinnati Zoo that got shot? Let me check that. Okay, I found this on the web for how old was the gorilla in the Cincinnati Zoo that got shot. <laughs> Great. It's a difficult sentence structure for yeah, Siri to parse. That was complex. I'm impressed. Yeah. Okay, so gorilla shot dead after grabbing four-year-old boy at Cincinnati Zoo. Hold on, I have to close a pop-up ad. Uh, Harambe. So, Harambe. You're pretty Harambe. much on the money. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but Harambe. 17-year-old Western Lowland gorilla. So then he approaches the little boy, and it's, like, kind of hard to tell, like, what's going on. A lot of people are saying that he was trying to protect the boy. And, like, from what I saw, he, like, lifted the kid out of the water and got him upright, like, out of this pool of water. Um, and then in another view, he's, like, holding the little kid. So what ended up is zoo officials decided to shoot him um, with a bullet and kill him as opposed to tranking. So now there's, a like, a big uproar on the Internet. Like, should they have tranked him instead? What are the pros and cons of each each way. So the reason I heard for not tranking mm -hmm. is that it would have taken a while for the tranquilizer to take effect. Totally. It's a huge and, animal. And he would have gotten initial and he could have gotten agitated after he got shot with a tranquilizer dart. Absolutely. Yeah. The, he was shot by a zoo person. Yes. It wasn't like a cop who came in off the street. No, it wasn't like a a good guy with a gun. Right. So he was shot by somebody who 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 understood like zoo protocols and how animals behave, I would think. Yes, I would think so. Right. But then again, there was that other zoo where they put pants on an otter and the otter drowned. And it was that's, zoo officials that did that. So that's a fair point. And those would be idiots. So so people are debating what people are debating what here? Uh, whether or not they should have tranked or shot oh. the gorilla. But I also, like, when they described how far that kid walked before he fell into the gorilla cage, I was kind of shocked. Like, a three-year-old man just under a fence and then across this grassy area to the edge and then fall mm, in. They're quick, though. It's a, it's, a, it's a very sad story. Yeah. All like, the way around. Totally. I'm glad the kid made it out okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm very sad that the gorilla didn't. Yeah. But honestly, I don't know what decision I would have made in that situation. No idea. There is their their rationale for not tranquilizing the gorilla seems solid, but I'm not an expert in tranquilizing large gorillas. Here's another thing I this is this is like we're reading you all of the things that you read in, in your therapist's office <laughs> before they come in. Twitter? Yeah. <laughs> Did you see that story on Facebook about the the women who who stopped rape? Yep. Whoa, I did not see. You this. didn't see that one? No. So it it was in a restaurant. I'm thinking Santa Monica. Was it Santa Monica? Yeah, it was somewhere in LA. That's a rapey place. Okay. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. So it I've was been there once. Yeah. So it was somewhere like like Santa Monica, and so there were three three women. 
uh, it was three women who were like going out for happy hours. Yeah, yeah, having like after work drinks or something. Yep. And they're sitting there at their table. They're chatting it up. And uh, across from them is is a, a, a man and a woman who look like they're on a date. Mm-hmm. And one of these three women looks over and, and oh, no, wait, the woman went to the bathroom. Yeah, the woman got up, went yeah, to the bathroom. Yeah, yeah, the woman on the date got up and went to the bathroom. Yep. And one of these three women happens to look over and see that the guy is opening up a little vial <gasps> and he's like doing the la la la, nobody can see me. Oh my goodness. Like kind of fiddling like, with my phone. Right, fiddling with my phone, like that I'm that guilty look that people have. Yeah. And he's like pouring something out of the vial into her drink. That is messed up. And um so let's see what happens then. She I think like, that the three of them split up, right? Like one of them goes and approaches the woman. Yeah, yeah. Like the, she, she told her. the other two and they're like, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? Yeah. And one of them went into the bathroom and told the the, the woman in the who is still in the bathroom yeah. what she had seen. And one of the other women went and told like the maitre d' at the restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the maitre d' said they couldn't do anything because they hadn't seen it. Mm-hmm. And this the 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 woman who was getting dosed, uh, somehow amazingly like went and sat back down. She didn't drink. Yeah, because they were all stalling so that the mater d could go and pull the security footage. But I don't know that they knew that that was happening. But yeah, that's what the mater d did. The mater d went and checked the security footage and yeah. actually found footage of the guy dosing the drink and called the cops. And then the entire like all of the staff at the restaurant like bought time like they 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 went really slow they were really slow like with the bill they i think they messed something up at some point if i'm remember that yeah. remembering that correctly to give the cops time to show up wow and then the cops just took this fool and i think the guy didn't even protest it he was like got caught that's like what the facebook thing described right that he was yeah. really chill like oh. yeah and then it turned out that she had left so that they were work friends yeah. They weren't even dating or anything. They were just, they were work friends. Yep. And uh, they had decided to go, or, or he he got her to have a drink with him. And she left his, her car locked in his garage. <gasps> yeah, like, let's take one car down to the Right. To the so this was like a whole plan that yeah. dude had. Like, he had thought this through, like, all the way. Yeah. It's disturbing. These women are awesome. Yeah. And the, and the restaurant is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's amazing that they like all chipped in and like nobody gave it up the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. That's terrifying though. And yeah. I can't. So and, and this woman who was about to get dosed, like I can't imagine like knowing that all of this was happening. And one, she she believed what these other women were telling her, which is great. Yeah. Uh, and two, she was able to sit back down with this asshole after she knew that mm-hmm. to to buy time for all of this to happen. Well, I don't know that I could have done that. Training one one. Huh? That's working with assholes. Training one one. So she was just she works with this guy. She's capable of that. Do you think he gave off like a creepy vibe? Because if some randos like came up to me in the bathroom and like the dude you're with is like dosed you, like wouldn't you be like, wait, no, no, he's chill, he's chill, like. To not have that hesitation, I like wonder if she knew something was up or like she I don't know. something that's made a good her uneasy. Point. Trust no one. Yeah. That's what we've learned from the story. 
And and except the women in the bathroom, trust them. And the amazing thing, or there's so many amazing things here, but the the one that uh, I guess that, that's the saddest part of all this. So this was this was happening in the restaurant, and it got very visible. Yeah. And everybody around them knew what was happening. And afterwards, like uh, other women in the restaurant came up to these three women and thanked them and told them, you know, about when, Aww. you know, when this happened to me. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah it's surprisingly common. Yeah. I, so many, so, so many people right there in that place had a similar story. Wow. Yeah. I, and I can't imagine like, who the fuck does this? Yeah, I, mean, I can't imagine anyone I know doing this. Who are and and you know, that's not to say that they wouldn't. I God, I really don't think they would. But I think that's the problem here is 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 that you don't see it coming. Hmm. And okay, so I'm sh- this is like a beaten horse already. But like nobody expected Bill Cosby was doing that or believed him or believed you know when people came forward. That I'm he so was. glad that's going to trial. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I don't think there should be a statute of limitations on this shit. No, no. And yeah, I don't know. I think that's like, I was trying to explain to one of my male friends and he just didn't get it. Like as far as rape and things like that, it's a lot less of an if and a lot more of a when, like mm. just because the frequency is just so high. Right. And like shit like this, all those people came up to them like, oh, this one, it happened to me. Like a lot of guys talk like if that happened and it's like, mm. yeah, that's disturbing. It's like, like one in three women. Yeah. It- I know people that's happened to for sure. Yeah. You want to talk about more animals? Do we have any living animals to talk about? <laughs> who's got a good animal story? I, I feel like we need puppies at this point. Oh, we really, yeah, we've like, got who's a, got a puppy story? Traveled a lot of places on this episode. Mm. Anybody adopt a kitten lately? Mm. Oh, I wish I did. What do you, what do you got? No, you got I'm allergic do you to have cats. any animals? I can't have any with my lease. Well, well, how often does your landlord see you? Uh, the problem is I have front-facing windows, uh-huh. so cats are super attracted to windows. Oh, so yeah, the cat would out me immediately. Oh, oh, a cat's main job when they come into your house is to get you evicted. Yeah, they're like, I'm going <laughs> to sit in your window. Want. I'm going to yeah. tear up your shit. I'm going to pee yeah. on stuff. Like, fuck you. Where are you going to take me next? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're stuck like with me place. for 18 years. I don't like this place. <laughs> for We're leaving. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, no pets. How's Rupert doing? Yeah. He's an asshole. I don't know. He's, <laughs> he's out there doing God knows what. Oh, he's eating. here today? Yeah. Yeah. I missed him the other day. Dog's an idiot. <laughs> he's That's very so smart. Lovable. Yeah. That dog is not smart. He is so smart. Like, if you have... So I always... um, My lunches would always be chicken, and he fucking loves chicken. So he'd come over to my desk, and you could watch him. His eyes would get really, really, really wet, and yeah. he'd draw, like draw his ears forwards. They were like a little puppy like that. Like he knows how to get some Yeah, chicken. but that's gets, like calling a magnet smart because it knows where metal is. No, no, no. He, he gets exponentially cuter. Like there are levels of cuteness based upon how much he wants the thing. That's a sociopath. <laughs> yeah. He is. Yeah. Sociopath is much smarter than a magnet. Yeah. Or once like I was eating cheese and I went to like turn to talk to someone and it was out of my hand immediately. Like he sat there waiting, He's knowing like, I was going to turn to talk to someone at some point. He's very smart when it comes to cheese and chicken. So. <laughs> there's there, so there's street smart and then there's cheese and chicken smart. Yep. Cheese smart. Yeah. <laughs> Rupert has the latter. Yeah. yeah. We got any design shit going on? Hmm. Do you have any designs? I don't know. Wait, you've been all over the fucking world since the last time we recorded. Really? Yeah, you went to Israel. You went to don't Quebec. Don't get me started. You went to <laughs> Portland. Did you go to Chicago? I went to Chicago. I went to Portland twice. 
Did you go to... Went to Copenhagen. Copenhagen. Yeah. yeah. How did that go? It's fine. Are you tired? No, I'm good. Huh. What was your favorite thing you saw? In which of those places? Uh, Ideally design related. So any of yeah. them. I'm really fishing here. Come on. <laughs> nope. Not going to help you. <laughs> what is the coolest thing that you've learned at your new job? Let's see. Ooh. Mm. Okay, so um, we just launched this app this past weekend, and it was kind of crazy. Like, by the time I had gotten in at 8 a.m. today, we had 15,000 users sign up today, mm. which was mind-blowing. Um, but we had to make it for French-Canadian and English. So um, one thing I had never considered, especially in design, is that French is like 30% longer. So all the designs were comped in English, and they all broke on French, like once we added in the other language. So we had to sit there, like, finagling with all the headers and buttons to be like, oh, shit, it's not going to work. Um, nobody looked at this it's because we didn't have the copy the French copy came at the super last minute and we put it in like oh shit and I haven't considered that either like yeah we're also designing for something where we won't see the translations in advance yeah but we know it's coming but I think you always just know that the translations are going to get much longer because that's where it breaks ours is different Mm. ours I mean we can say this it's it's for Wikimedia Mm. Ah! love them i know right they're the best um and their stuff gets translated after it launches right by yeah. users right which is awesome right so it needs to be flexible as all hell mm-hmm. yeah i think we've largely solved this by making most of the body text not too long yeah and the headers are all like one word nice yeah you just let a wiki be a wiki so i mean uh the cool thing too was like i've never done a website where we had all this custom text in two different languages that we had to have it work on so um just doing all that and this was like an asp.net which is like a microsoft <laughs> language which yeah, is like really unattractive but like Gross. it was super cool to get it working like to just have Don't all of these not half bad yeah it wasn't too bad yeah, yeah. But yeah, so it was just like super cool to be like, here's the French language, here's the English. It auto detects on the browser which one it is, but here's this toggle in case. So that was really cool. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah. But yeah, now I'm never, I'm if French ever comes up again, I'm going to be like, dude, just add like three more words to every header when you're comping. Yeah, there you go. So, so this was in C Sharp? Yeah. Okay. So I mostly um, came in and picked up some of the front end stuff. So, oh, that's yeah. exciting. So had you done Java before? I did Java... Like very briefly, right when I was out of first out of college, because um all of our HTML would be in JSTL, so mm-hmm. I'd have to do all my logic in Java. So. That makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> we're nerding it up over here. Keep keep going. <laughs> but so, I don't so tell I, people I know Java at all. Yeah, it's a secret. I would advise the same about C Sharp. Okay, yeah. I eventually stop putting that on my resume. I, I say I don't know any PHP. For oh, yeah, reason. definitely like, not that one. I don't do any WordPress. No. Then you won't ever have to work at Facebook either. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's a, yeah. it's a plus. Except, like, I don't know, I'm, like, learning React on the side, so I don't know. React is great. It's I, a I feel trip. like there's maybe a little design rev- revolution happening within Facebook, is my suspicion. Well, maybe. I mean, like, none of Facebook is built on React right now, right? It's all Instagram that's on React. I right, think. exactly. Like, I think their products are React. Oh, nice. Yeah. I really like React. I'm probably going to use React for my Poems app. Oh, what is your Poems app? If Can you talk about it? Or It's very early stage, but it's essentially taking the poem cards yeah. and moving them into an app space. So what will we use React for? Uh, so I'm trying to take techniques from poetry. So for instance, something called erasure, which is when you create. So I really like 
the concept of kind of taking the materiality of a poem and using that as a new poem. So in erasure poetry, they erase like all the H's Uh or some, you make a rule or you don't have to make a rule, but you erase pieces of the existing poem to create a new poem. So it's not really algorithmic because you care about what the results will be. Yeah. Yeah. So you're not just like running a rule and then, I mean, that's a form of poetry too, but I'm not doing that. That sounds really, really difficult to erase a letter. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I'm going to use React to kind of help iterate through those and then like pick the ones that make sense or create meaning. Oh, thanks. I prefer when like tools help create possibilities and then as an artist you kind of call what you want from that as opposed to just kind of letting them generate all of the text. Yeah, coming from like a front end background, it's been really hard for me to get my mind around React because mm-hmm. it's been like beaten to me so for so many years. Like separations of concerns, separation of concerns. Never ever make HTML with JavaScript, and never like do any CSS with JavaScript. So to be like working in JSX and like coming up with all of that has been just like my brain exploded. Also, I pretty much like killed it every single time because I wouldn't put class name. I would just put class and like having to do those small, like nuanced things. Like it's like, yeah, yeah. There's a similar weird thing in angular. Oh, really? Yeah. I only made a hangman game in angular once to try it out. And then I was like, "Mm." (laughs) nice. Do we we get too nerdy for a design podcast? What are these? I'm sure the designers are using React, right? Yeah. They're all like real into that. No, this is great. Keep going. Okay. Yeah. Now I feel under pressure to. Yeah. I, I like things. I like all these frameworks and I like that they're moving more to the front end because I think that it empowers designers potentially. Yeah. This might just be like an engineering thought of like, oh, we're going to bring this to the designers and they're going to make stuff and then the designers won't know what to do with it because it's not actually useful. Yeah. But I think that the hope, what I like about these frameworks that are coming out is that they're kind of, I don't know, they're more CSS-y. I mean, how do you feel about it coming more from the front end side? Um, So I kind of like it because then I can build a really, really lightweight app. Like I I really like using Node a lot, Mm -hmm. but um, like I don't ever feel compelled to have something huge like Rails. Like I'll just have my lightweight Node, a little bit of React to do some of those interactions between for me. Right. And it, it feels just small and compact and like I'm not bringing in like you know like yeah everything everything just to make something small yeah that so makes sense describe it but yeah so I've been kind of into it and yeah trying to trying to make it work I did some cool stuff with react routes the other day like, oh yeah where I made a whole app that like in 30 minutes because you made so you had a single page app and so maybe we can We'll We'll give more backstory on React routes. Oh, okay. So I don't even know if I can like do this too well, but like usually in Express, you would, you know, like I would use Express with Node and you'd go through there and you would like say all your different routes. So if the person typed this URL in, it would go to here. That's right. And then it would end up being like three or four lines of code in React to do the same thing. And yeah, you didn't have to like specifically declare. Declare routes. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like so in, in so many web frameworks declaring routes is always your kind of hello world right so in rails when you first create a rails project you automatically have this set of routes but it feels like a very kind of 90s way of using websites like from a design perspective and also it would be the last thing i'd forget like i would like make this whole page and i would go to check it out and my 
browser would 404 and I'm like what the hell oh, I did yeah, all the hard yeah. work but yeah yeah totally it's screwed totally. up every time <laughs> yeah like a website isn't just like a colony of links anymore mm-hmm. but the tools that we used to make them are still kind of stuck there yeah that's a really good way to put it that is the thing I like about react too is that it kind of yeah it kind of redefines like how can we make a link or it, it enables you to make a really lightweight yeah thing it feels like you're getting really fast results, like right off the bat. Yeah, totally. Totally. And all these web frameworks are trying to fill that space. But React seems more design-driven, yeah. which is why I've enjoyed it, as opposed to Meteor or... Oh, I haven't tried Meteor. I think it's, you know, there's there's a lot of people out there all trying to solve these hard engineering problems so that we can speed things up. But yeah. they're all speeding different things up. <laughs> different it's, pieces of the process. It's well put. <laughs> What's up over there? Yeah. What? Oh. <laughs> just see a glowing face. I'm just shopping. What are you buying? Uh, records. Oh. Route. I, I just bought a, uh, a Miles Davis 10-inch box set. Oh, nice. Nice. What's included? It's it's the entire Prestige series. Wow. Very nice. What were y'all talking about? We were talking about React. And we were talking about building web apps. And front-end frameworks. That sounded interesting. Yeah, it is yeah. interesting. I have no idea what that stuff is. It sounded like girl talk. <laughs> yep. Yep. Routes are girl only, talk. Only a deal. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Cool. Yeah, I feel bad because Liam would have very strong opinions, I think. Yeah, that's true. Like we're going to be publishing this and he's going to be like, you're no. <laughs> yeah. Don't say I good think, things about think, React. <laughs> yeah. I think Liam doesn't like this world as much. For the same reasons I don't, but like. Wait, say more about that. Oh, yeah. just like. Yes. <laughs> No, just like the separation of concerns. Like it's really, really hard to get yourself in the place of like using JavaScript to generate your HTML. So mm-hmm. I think like Liam's like even a little bit more of a purist than I am. So that's my impression. Interesting. Very... Yeah, it seems like it, it keeps going in both directions. Here, I'll I'll be Liam. I hate JavaScript. <laughs> oh, he loves JavaScript. Oh, he doesn't. Yeah, he does. Why I wonder does... What... You hate JavaScript. No, I wonder don't. how Liam would like Lua. Lua is what... Wikipedia uses for their templating. Oh. Yeah. Which I'm exploring. Nice. Are you using their Garrett system? I don't even know about that. Okay. Because you don't work here anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Tell you all about it. (laughs) They will too. I love the the Wikimedians. They're delightful. They are delightful. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. It's weird that Liam would be so against it because he's been trying to get everyone in on building HTML templates. That's why he wants everybody else to do it. Because he hates it. Because he doesn't want to do (laughs) it anymore. (laughs) No, that makes sense. But also their HTML templates. He's not like build a a module or something. Build a a React module for your thing. So Yeah, but where is the line really? Because your React module would generate your HTML templates. Oh, do you guys watch Silicon Uh, Valley? No, but you can catch us up to speed. Okay, because I got the highlights from Mike. Okay, because the it's too episode painful to watch. Okay, I'm gonna go on a political rant a little bit. Here we go. Okay, get ready for this. Um, so I really, really hate the representation of female engineers in the media because mm-hmm. it's always the girl with the dragon tattoo. 100 percent of the time, she has like dyed hair, it's half shaved, she has a bunch of tattoos, and she dresses really punky. And that was the only female developer on Silicon Valley was for like three shows. For like three shows until she got canned, and then she blackmailed. Why them. do they can her? Because they ran out of money, so they laid off all the new engineers. No, but yeah, but okay, that's that's the plot. Yeah. But as far as the show goes, 
She came back and she was a good character. She's an awesome character. I mean, even as punky and dragon tattooy as she was. Yeah. My God, they needed a female character. Totally. She was no. So she was great. Yes. But I just don't like that. Needed in what regard? Because they're supposed to reflect Silicon Valley. That's true. It's true. But as a foil. Yeah. She was a great foil. So back. okay. so the most most recent episode, um, Richard meets a girl in a bar she does like machine learning at Facebook and she's like a totally normal presents femme engineer. A what? Like she wore like a dress and a denim Prese- jacket. She's, no, wait, wait, wait. She's like, presents as a totally normal femme? girl. Like she's like feminine. She's not like weird and punky or anything. Like her identity. She doesn't is drop her voice. Yeah. She's, she's, she's not girl. one of the guys type of she's identity. A, she's girly. girly. I wouldn't even say girly. She's just like normal, right? Like just the plain normal, normal person. Femme. Basic. No, she's not basic. No. no okay. Hold okay, on. Okay. I a love Winnie. So. Okay. So you you taught me what basic means. Yeah, but she's not basic. She's not basic. Okay. Now help. I'm not arguing. I'm trying to learn. Okay. So how is she not basic? Because she seems like a very genuine person. I don't know. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> like okay, Donald Trump is basic, right? Like. <laughs> He's rich. He has a really shitty spray tan and he has tacky taste in everything. Like everything's like gold, gross, chrome. Okay. How is that us, not tacky? Wait, give us more examples of basic. Oh, no. Oh, no. No, I like it. Uh, oh, people like rhinestone t-shirts. Oh. Anything Ed Hardy is kind of basic. Mm. Like where it's like shitty brands, right? You're like very brand obsessed, but not good brands. Right. Yeah. Mm. So basic. Like you wear a lot of coach. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like cool brands. It's just kind of like expensive. Like what was what was the thing you said? Like the most expensive way to middle? The most expensive way to the middle of the road. Basic. That's story style. Basic. Okay. I see your <laughs> point well made. <laughs> okay. So, um, so Winnie. I think this is a great tangent because, yeah, continue. Tell us more about Winnie. Okay. So she was like a totally normal character, but she was a really, really smart female engineer and I was just so happy. I was like, the first time on TV, someone who's just a totally normal woman. She named after the Wonder Years, Winnie? I don't know. They made a joke about them having a toy bear named Winnie. Oh. So, okay, so go ahead. Yeah, so that just made me so, so this, happy. So this was not the dragon tattoo punky engineer that you usually see on TV. Yeah. And not a hacker. Not a hacker. Yeah, that's what's disturbing, I think, about the portrayal of female engineers is that they're also there always has to be all this mystique. Do you see, uh, have you watched Burn and Catch Fire? No. No. Oh. I'll write it down then. Oh. Halt. Halt. Yes. Halt and catch fire. Burn and catch fire. <laughs> oh, that's yes. an opposite order. <laughs> no, halt and catch fire. It's a show about uh, the Texas computer industry in the early nineties, eighties, late eighties. Yeah, when I was young. So there's a a female engineer in that show. I'm trying to pull up a photo for you. And then then Seth can decide if she's basic. Hold on. (laughs) No, she is definitely not basic. She's the the stereotype that that she talks about. Okay. But yeah, so I mean, it just made me so happy. Also, that episode was great. Like, I super hate Richard now that Winnie is not going to be a regular character. Who the fuck uses tabs? Oh, I like her. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. She's like, yeah. She's got a Walkman. But that's, well, it was the 80s. But that's that not like, that's 
that's not your your stereotype? No, no, I'm talking. Yeah, no, she's not. She's not punky. She's just like '80s. Yeah, she's of the time, as you put you it. You gotta watch the show, though. Okay, how do I yeah, watch? I think it? this is like the second well, time you told me about this. Oh, okay, that's on Netflix. It also has that guy with the eyebrows in it. The guy with the eyebrows. Don't yeah, look. Lee Pace. Is no the idea. guy with the eyebrows. Anyway. So, yeah, this is like what all female engineers look like on. Oh, let's that see, be, let's see. That is correct. Yeah. Like By the a, way, we're using visuals on a, on the radio. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> People it's imagine. Like Angelina Jolie and hackers. Yeah. Yes. Anyway. So anyway, back to Silicon Valley. You're watching this show. You're all excited yeah. because there's a prevent a present femme, you said. Well, engineer. I, yeah, like she was wearing like she wore a sundress on one scene and then she wore like jeans and a t-shirt in another. Like just like hey. you're a normal person you'd see walking up Market Street. Like normal So she girl. wasn't like one of the guys. She wasn't like you know, yeah. hardcore hacker engineer chick. Yeah. So, yeah, she, she didn't look like she was in a metal band. And she, she wasn't dumb. She wasn't dumb. She wasn't dumb. She wasn't basic. And also she wasn't like overly like beautiful and, and dolled up, I would say either. Like I always feel bad for the person who's the like financial advisor for them oh yeah right because she always gets kind of put in there as like the really pretty love interest and no one takes her seriously like her company doesn't take her seriously and i feel so bad for her because she's like the one who saves the company like she saves pied piper and i've got a i've got a thing for the, the maryland for the lady vc oh the older one yeah she's amazing yeah <laughs> i loved when they went out for wine like this is not only just for fun <laughs> <laughs> she's great Lori. Lori. Yeah. Okay. So go on with your point. You were making a point. Oh, no. I just, it made me really, really happy. Like this, I think that this show has been a bit, I don't know. Painful to watch. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a combination of like pointing up a mirror, but it's not doing anything and changing it or like saying anything about it. So to actually be like, oh, we're going to have. It's it's pretending to be satire, but it like doesn't go far enough. It actually satire. just glorifies the culture. It's funny, but I don't know what its point is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know that does it, it does. have to have a point. I guess maybe like that's an unfair expectation that we have of Mike Judge is to be having a point on most of his stuff, but this doesn't feel it's like something it does. should, and it's it gets the space right. And he has a platform to be critical of things, yeah. and he's not using it exactly. But what if he just wants to tell jokes? Why do they have to be jokes about a space that could really use like a sharp satirical voice to stir shit up? No, so, okay, so this is, I agree with you, by the way. And this <laughs> is an honest question. Mm-hmm. Are we too much on the inside of this thing? Yeah, I, def- I, so. I can't watch it. It's painful. Like when I see what, like, okay, so the, the most painful moment for me mm-hmm. on that show was Dang. Yeah. Dang the designer from a yeah. couple of episodes ago. Yeah, that was good. He was awesome. He was awesome because he was so pathetic. Yeah. And he was so, he was so many designers I've worked with. <laughs> and then I was, t- I was making fun of Deng a couple of days later and somebody said, but he was right in the end. And that <laughs> was the painful part. That was the painful part that somebody thought Deng actually had a moment of, uh, of redemption. Right. Yeah. There was no redemption there. I think something that's very insidious about kind of engineering actually being interested in design, like that moment when they start instructing Dang what to do, is that it masquerades as like a search for truth. So it always revolves around like accessibility or 
these these concerns about design that can be easily quantified. And it's like, if you can't quantify it, it must not really be a thing. And I think that's what we saw in that episode. Well, why was Dang asking anybody what to do? I don't know. Like Dang didn't want to understand. He just wanted to be told what to do. That's not a designer. Mm. Unless he just wanted buy-in from the CTO. Yeah. Former CEO. And he didn't know how to sell, which is most it, it, designers it, that are dropped in that situation. It's true. That's 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 a startup designer at at his first job. Right. And there's there's almost like a negative connotation to selling. That I mean that's what I enjoyed about the workshop is that Selling, of course, is a part of design. Yeah. But in the tech space, it feels like a bad word. Like it must not be good enough if you have to sell it. Oh, that's 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 interesting. That's ridiculous. I agree. I know. I know you do. I, it wasn't what you said that was ridiculous. It was the idea <laughs> that that it. But that is true. I know designers who are completely turned off about the idea that they might have to market themselves or sell something to anybody. Yeah. Because, you know, they're in this for their pure artistic vision. And I want, you know, the work that I'm doing for 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 um, uh, Cisco to be my pure artistic vision because fucking Cisco. I was talking to someone at Creative Mornings about this, actually. Uh, she was talking about how awkward it is at Creative. Oh, sorry, Stuart. How awkward it is that there's all these introverts in a room drinking coffee and like nobody wants to talk to each other because they're all nervous. And I was like, that's kind of interesting that so many people who are super introverted and just have trouble communicating get drawn to a profession like design where you do have to sell. Like that's that's a big part. They like, don't part see of that. It. They don't see that part of the job. And then they fail miserably and they want to know why. Cause like you saw that room. Like it was just like people who work together clumped. We did that. We went and clumped. Like Yeah, because I hate everyone else. <laughs> yeah, because they're gonna ask Mike about design inspiration. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Should I get rid of all my stuff for my passion project? I don't give a fuck about your passion project. <laughs> I don't want to hear. Like, if it's your passion project, you just fucking do it. Like, you don't, need a, you don't need a platform for it. <laughs> I'm not giving you money to do your passion project, so don't fucking kickstart it. <laughs> I don't want to hear your talk about your passion project. Just fucking do it. If you just want to bone some guy for 40 days... Because you need to get boned for 40 days, just bone them. You don't need to turn it into a fucking book or a fucking movie or a fucking passion project. Just fucking bone for boning. <laughs> okay, that's the title of the episode, Bone for Boning. <laughs> I mean, it's getting to the point where 20-year-olds need 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 like to get VC funding so they can bone each other. <laughs> just fucking bone. Your bodies will never look this unwrinkly or 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 this not close to terrible ever again. <laughs> Just I like I can't believe that there are so many 20-year-olds yeah. at tw at creative mornings and 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 they're not boning. Like there should be fucking going on in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so what is the single kind of tab for? Huh? There's okay, so they always talk about how many people are single at creative mornings. Well, yeah, yeah because they don't know how to get all. laid. <laughs> I thought that was about jobs. No. I, you know, have you been getting weird emails or something? <laughs> no, I did not subscribe to any list. <laughs> I, I entered and I was hostile. They're like, I think Stuart's doing a horrible this. job of helping people get laid. <laughs> <laughs>
Does he listen to this? I hope so. <laughs> yeah, I hope so too. Let's not tell him we said this. That that was an awkward part of the introduction. I did not really understand what they were referring I to. I didn't understand either. Like all of a sudden they started talking. Like I thought they were introducing like a creative morning like dating app. Yeah, they should have a Tinder something. for creative mornings. I mean, it's getting to the point There's where- There's a coding meetup called Tinderbox. It's getting to the point where we're, we're, you know how you inseminate like farm animals? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're it's called to, AIing. Right. We're going to have to start doing that to young people because they can't <laughs> even look at each other in the face anymore. Like they don't know how to send a text. We can Snapchat. You know, like, we just Snapchat each other. It's cool. <laughs> I think those those fucking dating apps are making it impossible for people to learn how to t- talk to each other. Yeah, I think that's true. Okay, wait, what's... T- t- TMI for I agree podcast. with that. Old man rant time. Oh, okay. so in my day, <laughs> in my day, you can had I get to some s- old music to go with this. Like, yeah, can we get some like Victrola shit going? <laughs> in my day, you had to summon up the courage, by which I mean a tremendous amount of alcohol, okay. to actually walk up to somebody that you didn't know, yeah, and strike up a conversation, seem like an interesting person, find out some information about them. And then get to know each other. And then maybe at some point you would make out a little bit. And then, you know, and then you had to figure out how to get a hold of them because they weren't carrying a phone on them. So you had to like call their house maybe and deal with their answering machine. You didn't go, you couldn't yeah. like search for them on, on Twitter or Facebook. Like you had to get like geographically based contact info on this person and 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 you had to call them so what and do you... you had to use your voice <laughs> and you had to say hey <laughs> i had fun sticking my tongue in your mouth last <laughs> night would you like to do it again and possibly get dinner before or, or after the tongues that doesn't matter for well dan savage would say before it's easier before you eat yeah, yeah. Yeah, anyway. You have to be conscientious. You had to you had to have some manner of social skills in order to meet people. And now it's just like you 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 load up Tinder, faces get fed to you, <laughs> and and you swipe yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. And if you happen to if both people manage to swipe twice, and tell me if this is how it works, anyone in this room. If if two people manage to swipe the same way, you get a notification. Yeah, but I've never used Tinder. So yeah, I'm not really or what, Tinder. I mean, but they all work that way so now. Like, don't okay, like this. Cupid, like they have all these different membership levels. So like, if you pay to be like an A lister, you'll know anyone who likes you, even if you don't like them back. So you can just see anyone who's interested in you. But by the time that you actually meet someone face to face, you mm-hmm. know a lot about them. Right. A lot. But you know so what, what they think they know about it themselves. But so what has changed, though, is that the world has gotten much creepier because my parents totally met that way. They just saw each other on the street. My dad, like, told my mom she was going to get herself killed if she kept crossing the street in the middle of the street in Manhattan because she had just moved there and she had no idea what she was doing. And then asked her a bunch of questions about her interests and then got her number and then also had to call her for like a month because she lived with five flight attendants and he couldn't track her down. If someone randomly went, walked up to me 
I would think they were crazy. I would not You'd suddenly them. feel like exactly. Yeah. Like, why aren't you going through the approved dating app <laughs> for this? Uh, apps are um, the worst. Have you read the Aziz Ansari book? Yes, I have. It was so good. It's actually very, very good. Yeah. And it talks about stuff like this, about how people used to meet and how they meet now. Yep. And I mean, there's definitely positives. To how you meet now. I'm not. I'm not trying to like old man shit on. What all are of the this. positives, Mike? Well, well, the positives are that you get to meet a lot more people from from a lot uh, from from a much more variety of backgrounds. Mm. Like it used to be, like like you would marry somebody who grew up like three blocks from you. Oh yeah, and then also. I think a lot of the positives that I saw were more cultural than whether or not people use apps. It was when he went and interviewed all of the older women to say, like, if you could date now or date back then, they were all like, oh, I would have gotten married way later. I would have done apps. I would have met more people. Like, all the women were like, yeah. oh, hell no. I would not repeat that. But do you think meeting more people makes relationships better? Because that's also an assumption that all the apps make that I think actually makes dating more awkward. Well, I think it's like losing the pressure to have to get married super young is like the positive of it. So like meeting more people also means you're dragging it out. You're not getting married at 19 anymore. For sure. But on the other side of it, it also makes it more like shopping, which is a little disturbing. Yeah, yeah that's I can true. see that part. There's like like everything, there's positives and negatives. Yeah. And this is a world that I never experienced. And God, I hope never to have to experience it. <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with it. I just... No, it, it sucks. It would mean that something yeah, went wrong. Suck. Uh, so actually my only really positive, I had a maybe two or three positive OkCupid dates, but the most positive one was like this guy and I, we meet up like super hipster waxed mustache or something. And I just didn't give a fuck anymore. So I was like, I hate small talk. I find first dates really boring. Let's talk about real stuff. And then we ended up getting trashed and making out in an alleyway and never saw him again, but it was a great date. <laughs> I, I, I got a serious question. Yeah. Do either of you... Uh, know anyone who's single who who uh, doesn't use one of these apps to meet people or, or a service of some sort? It's a genuine question. I'm I'm just curious. Yeah. Do you? Mm -hmm. Okay. N not many of my friends are single anymore. Yeah. There's that. Huh. A lot of people are polyamorous, and then they like meet people through the apps. So that's like another category. Do we have like an hours left? <laughs> <laughs> Of tape left that's, seven. That's that's something I've learned from tape? moving to San Francisco. Because <laughs> that's not a thing in Boston, but that's a thing here. Oh God, is that still a thing here? It's weird. Yeah, it's like I've... oh, we're a couple, but we're looking for a third to like maybe hang out, but like I don't know. And the third is always a cute young girl, right? Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. It's interesting. It's a different thing from the East Coast. I don't know if that's polyamorous as much as I managed to talk my wife into a three-way. <laughs> <laughs> which is as old as time and has yes. nothing to do with internet dating yeah or just my wife is sick of me and like me to leave her alone <laughs> my, my wife is sick of me thrusting my <laughs> semi-flaccid wiener into her and is willing to sit there while i do it to somebody else who isn't sick of it yet as long as she doesn't have to hear about linux anymore <laughs> <laughs> it's a bay area <laughs> joke. all polyamorous people are fucking Linux nerds. And they wear fedoras. Wait, yep. some Linux nerds are not polyamorous. So <laughs> I just want to, you know, point that out. I feel like we're just heating up. <laughs> <laughs> it's like getting to the point where it's kind of like a little bit too warm in here and now we're getting loopy. So. And my brief exposure to, to, to that, is it a lifestyle? I think being sure. a vegan is a lifestyle. 
It's a I'm, sad I'm not one. sure about pasta. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but those those just crash and burn. Oh, vegans? Yeah. No. They just, <laughs> malnutrition? They just <laughs> slowly get very tired and go sit in the corner and turn to dust. <laughs> so you want some, like Moby. Yeah. What happened to Moby? He sat in the corner and turned to dust. Didn't he own some restaurants? Yep. Is Quentin still here? The intern? Yeah. Yeah. No. I need another LaCroix. On, did... the, on the air, we say intern. Oh, the intern. is. <laughs> yeah. He did great work for me last week. So no one can get me a LaCroix. You can have some of mine. It's okay. Okay, so (laughs) we should come back next week and talk about the Venn diagram of polyamory and Linux programmers. Oh, yeah. You know, it's been a while. You know, that's the thing I miss a lot about Mule is that I haven't made any diagrams on the board in a while. Mm -hmm. Are are you working with boring people? Yeah. I don't think they don't have very good whiteboard markers. Like we have a lot of colors here, so I can make really elaborate. You know, your desk is still fucking empty. Yeah. So the intern needs to get more gnomes or other things. Mm -hmm. I think the the intern has his own interest. That's right. Yeah. We should wrap this up. Yeah. This was was good. This was weird. Mm -hmm. It got got sad. It got good. It got happy. We, yeah. I had a face journey. You did have a face journey. <laughs> Larissa, thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> she seems really enthusiastic Let's about ever coming mistakes. out here again. I, <laughs> I get paid for this, right? Larissa's <laughs> first mistake going on our show. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well. Yeah, Mike thank- told me nothing. That's about right. Yeah. 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 I didn't know we were doing Lightning this round. Today. Wait, I asked you so many times. I know. I know, I... but today is a weird day because it's not Monday, but it is Monday. How many times did I confirm seven? Like <laughs> seven times. <laughs> All right. Is that okay. my old Timbuktu bag? It might be. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for listening, everyone. We're sorry. <laughs>